Welcome to another episode of the Young, Dumb and Broke podcast where we have Josh. Yo. And me, Shimmy. We are going to be talking to you all about really interesting stuff. And I'm going to hand it over to Josh because he knows <laughs> what we're talking about more than me. Because I normally do the intro and Shimmy wanted to sound enthusiastic. And I wasn't enthusiastic enough, but he doesn't know what to do once he's introed. But here we are. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming in. Welcome. Today we're talking about how creativity and optimism relate to each other as it comes to decision making, dealing with setbacks, dealing with conflict. And we're going to go into a little bit of detail of some of the big choices that Shimmy's made lately um, and potentially a little bit of a, of a setback that I've had to deal with over the last couple of weeks and how I've been able to kind of go Ooh, through I it. don't know this setback story. Well, this is why you're going to hear all about it. I can't go into too much detail as it's work related, but I can go into enough have you been fired? Because no, I haven't been fired. You didn't say you were a marketeer this episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's because I'm still torn. I've been Googling, is it marketer or marketeer? And nobody seems to know the answer. How many E's are there? Well, it depends. Some, someone even wrote, it's written marketeer, but said marketer. Which is deeply frustrating. It is deeply frustrating. Yeah, that's annoying. Anyway, we're going to kick off with a little bit of just a life update. What's going on? We'll get into the big one in a second. But we're currently sitting in your flat, which is the where we record, and it's an explosion zone of mess. <laughs> Something's happened. What's been happening? So Lauren's studio outside. She does art. Definitely go follow her. Ink by Lauren. Um, we are repainting her studio and setting it up for her business, which is just about to start. She's been selling a few pieces. She sold two on Etsy to someone in Canada Very this cool. week, which is really cool. Um, so at the moment, our flat is. A mixture of everything we own in one room so yeah it's a bit of a mess there's a lot going on i've actually how long have you been living here uh three years now three and a half years so i think i might have been once oh, shut up. <laughs> in the whole time you've been living here i've been once where nothing was happening and you were just living here and enjoying yourself since then. Who says I've got to enjoy myself when it's messy? <laughs> Literally every time I come, something's moving, something's changing. You're building this, you're adding that, you're changing this, you're changing that. Why is that? Why do you always change stuff? It's my full-time job. Moving stuff around. Yes. I'm a DIYer. I mean, it looks great. Well, now it not right now it doesn't. But yeah. it, the outdoors looks amazing. The shed is very cool. Inside here is very cool. We need everything to look good at the same time. We usually have like rooms looking good, but then we fill that room up with the crap to make the other room look good. Uh, we have too much stuff for the size of this flat, basically, which is why today I'm doing a mass clear out. It's very exciting. So we should do a giveaway. No. Is there anything here that we could actually give away that works? I don't know. Are we throwing out? I have an old toolbox if everyone <laughs> wants it. We could do our first giveaway. Well, I could have given away the PlayStation 5, but I got rid of that this week. Did you? Did yeah. you oh, yeah, that's another update. Happened. I sold PlayStation 5 after nearly being robbed. It's gone. That is a good story. Yeah. Tell it in 30 seconds or oh, less. No, I, I, oh. I tried to sell a PlayStation 5 on Facebook Marketplace. Two scumbags came to pick it up, um, except they were trying to steal it from me. They faked sending me money. And then they got very aggressive when I didn't believe that they sent me the money. And eventually I had to call the police. The police did nothing. Um, so thank you to the police for doing nothing. Um, and they are still at large, I should say. <laughs> at large. Um, and they stole some of the accessories that came with the PlayStation. So very annoying, um, but yeah, now the PlayStation has gone, and that 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 headache is out of my life. Good. Other things have happened for you lately, namely what? you started working with Lauren. I have. Lauren is now a part-time employee of 
Morris Media, by the way. I'm thinking of creating a Morris Media brand. Um, I really like that name. I like it too. Yeah, it's a bit of a uh, a bit of a, an idea from Vayner Media, but whatever. Yeah, um, everybody steals from Gary Vee. That's the entire point of his existence. I think Morris Media works better. But anyways, yeah, Lauren has started working. We have Morris X, and then <laughs> Morris X what? Vayner X is a thing. What's X? I think Vayner X is the parent company of everything. I didn't know that. I think I like Morris Media as the parent company of everything. Yeah. Either way, um, and then she's also doing half time, half half time, part time her art stuff but yeah it's really good she's now helping with editing with brainstorming we're going to talk about some of that because just having another person on your team is like another whole brain i mean it is another whole brain but it's really really helpful and like so much stuff i've learned and just adapted and changed because lauren's been like oh shimmy i was looking at this over here and i think you should change it to this and i was like oh my gosh yeah that's brilliant that is very cool yeah. so you now you're working full-time effectively together yeah and we're and obviously living together because you are married that we are married sense. so we do live together occasionally every How other week, every other week we don't live together i've never been married to someone i've worked with mostly because i've never been married yes but <laughs> what's that like do you realize what would be the case if you were married to the person you work with you'd be a third wheel to their already i feel like i sort of am in a way but that's <laughs> besides the well point. <laughs> we, we won't tell we won't tell uh Joel that but either way um no it's fine the whole th look we're going to talk about how we um i've closed one of our biggest businesses this week um but that was with my brother and everyone was like oh you shouldn't work with family you're gonna get into fights and we we closed that business with like never having a fight so big that like we didn't close the business due to any of that kind of stuff. So we clearly proved everyone wrong um, in terms of working with family. I've worked with nearly every family member. I don't see why it would be any different working with my wife. Like, I think we can do it absolutely fine. We don't get on each other's nerves. Um, we're very happy in each other's company. And when we do need space, it's very simple just to be like, I'm going to go out for a bit. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It that's shouldn't amazing. be like an awkward situation. If, if it's some awkward stuff going on with your wife, then there's a lot bigger problems you should be uh, that's true. considering there. That's true. But yeah. So let's get into that big decision then because I feel like we're both 26. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So technically we probably haven't made very big decisions. No, we haven't. Life, but it's, this it. is now like a big feature of the age we're at that we are starting to make more and more and more big decisions on our own and having to live with them on our own, which, you know, we've actually been doing for a long time, realistically. But right. You know, now oh, it's starting to matter a bit more. I haven't even told you one of the biggest parts that happened this week. There was a monsoon in the flat above. Huh? Yeah, we're watching a show on Netflix and there was some dripping coming from our ceiling. It needs to be replastered. I'm like, shit, got to run upstairs, see what, like turn off their dryer or whatever. The people upstairs, there is a tropical storm <laughs> coming from their ceiling, like oh, wow. like peltering rain coming from the lights, the ceiling, cracks, everything. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Um, and they're like, not sure what to do. We're like, turn off the lights firstly, you know, uh. step one. And they're like running around. They hadn't gone upstairs yet. So I was like, why haven't you gone upstairs? So I run upstairs to the next flat above them. I'm like, what's going on? Turn off your water. What have you just done? So they had just emptied their bath. There was a faulty pipe and uh, it's been fixed now. But yeah, that was a, uh, that was interesting. And that, that was the first time in my life where it was like, this is a real adult decision i feel like because the four of them were useless and i felt like i was like kind of in charge and i was like okay you do this you do that what's going on we need to call this plumber we need to call insurance we need to speak and i was like i was like oh, <laughs> halfway in i was like shit i'm way, way in over my head 
Mum. <laughs> Did you Mom, really? I, I called my parents. I was Amazing. like, I don't know what to do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've never been in a situation like this before. Um, so my parents were like, um, you got to do this, this and this. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've done all of that. They're like, okay, well then like, that's fine. Like just, you know, yeah. t- you've turned off the water. You now got to wait for insurance, all that kind of stuff. Um, it eventually stopped after like half an hour of raining. Uh, but yeah, it was mad. But that was like the biggest life decision is like, where I like proper panic thinking, <laughs> shit, this is like, I was scared the weight of the water would bring the ceiling down because I didn't know how much water was coming through and water's heavy mm. um, and I didn't know what that would lead to and the fact that it was coming down two flats didn't sound because that means that their floorboards are, uh, are crap and so yeah there's a lot in that well, I remember we talked about it in one of our first episodes about managing money about having the emergency fund and you talked about how like now you own your own place like there's so many more potential emergencies that are oh your responsibility God, yes. to deal with yeah so i guess this is the first major one so that's and luckily it has nothing to do with me i've got nothing to do, like there's, the only thing i have to do is um plaster my ceiling which i can do myself which i will i'm very excited to come next week when we record and you're <laughs> plastering a ceiling and you've moved <laughs> everything from that room into this one and then we can do it all again oh, I, prom- <laughs> I promise it will be tidy next week so anyway we uh we do need to make more decisions these days and obviously as a business person closing a as far as i understand profitable successful business down mm. couldn't have been easy and i'm uh, describe like what were you feeling that you decided that that needed to happen um okay so a bit of context we closed our um amazon training course down um we have an amazon business and we used to teach well yeah i say used to we used to run a course and consulting and coaching and have like an online course we have shut that down um that always made money it was always profitable um and i mean like the profit margin was like 98 percent uh, yeah because there was basically no cost to it yeah um, i guess you make the videos you make the course and then yeah, you sell it there was no there was no um inventory or any costs so it was always profitable um it was weird i, I i've wanted to shut it down for the last like two months maybe a month but my brother who i work with josh i felt bad to say to him i want to shut this business down because i i didn't want to be like i'm I don't want to make this money anymore. Like I'm taking, it's kind of like taking away a source of income and it's mm. a big decision. Um, but then he approached me like two weeks ago suggesting, I think it's time to close it for all the, all these reasons, which we'll, we'll tell you. But, um, and I was like, really interesting. Let's talk about this. And um, so for me it, this week, it was a really easy decision because I've been contemplating it for ages um, and the specific reasons why I've been contemplating it. But um, when we decided on it, yeah, it, I mean, it it had made a lot of money. It had made over three hundred grand, like in in two years, two and a half, like less than two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, it was a big. Is online courses it was a big money maker. Um, but there are uh, there's a lot of issues which I can go into if you want. Well, I remember we I was here for a barbecue and you're just like, yeah, we closed it. <laughs> huh? What? Because I know it's been a big part of your life for a while. Yeah, a couple or at of least years. I remember like planning to do it, actually doing it, selling it, it being successful. That's been a long process. And then just to kind of blase, say, yeah, we closed it. I was like, that's not a small thing. And I just like, we're at a barbecue. I didn't want to go into it. So I just filed it away in my brain and said, I want to talk about that on the on the podcast. What? That's crazy. I mean, we started, I remember we drove, when I used to, I had my second car, my third car, we drove to Switzerland from here with everything on the roof of the car computers screens snowboards we drove to a chalet in switzerland two weeks um we went snowboarding the day we planned the course we shot the whole course it was 
it was a really and then since then we've just updated videos kind of thing to keep it relevant but like a large proportion of the course was shot like in a chalet in switzerland it was really cool um but yeah so the why we closed it so what were the the top reasons top three reasons Um, well firstly it wasn't making as much money now as it used to be and that has been for these reasons which i'll tell you like our biggest months were something like 40 45,000 which is big months right Mm. in the last couple of months it hasn't made that much and the main reason is there's a stigma of online courses you must have seen this um fake gurus scams there's so much more when we started amazon there was none of this well it was a bit of this but there wasn't really much of this but now there are so, I can name 20 fake gurus like off the top of my head. I'm not going to, I don't want to name a shame, but there are so many uh, um, um, fake things going on. And as someone who has a YouTube business, which I love, and I would, my aim is to have multiple YouTube channels, which is, we'll get to at the end. Um, it's all about reputation and it's all about being honest and transparent and truthful and everything. And I didn't ever want to be associated with those other people also selling a course. I fully believed in our course. I, I still do. I think it was great and I think it's helped a lot of people. However, for someone on the outside who just hears, oh, you have an Amazon course and doesn't really know anything else, no other backstory, nothing about us, I don't want their 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 brain to shift to, oh, you're one of those, you know, you could be a, a, a fake guru scammer um because that just leads you down a rabbit hole of 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 shit really and i just didn't want that reputation so that was the main reason for me well i i get that because i as just a consumer like there are sometimes things i'm interested in i to learn right and i will go to skillshare or coursera we're a little bit more i feel like verified authentic actual people yeah rather, and if i just or master class as well or master class or something like that where i know it's almost like rubber stamped by people that make do know what's going on like just these independent things who run their own thing i would probably never ever use them and like and i'm interested in learning more things so that makes a lot of sense because i just don't i don't trust them exactly i mean look i don't want to say that all courses are scams and fakes there are a lot of courses out there and i've taken a few right that have been really really good and the 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 people of, of the courses are genuinely good people a lot of the time you find that when it's not a money course it's just a like like when I learned when I took a photography photography course or a, uh, a videography course, it's just information because they're not trying to. Uh, the 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 problem is when you're selling a, a lifestyle, you're selling a a, a dream, um, and the biggest issue with these courses is the way that they're marketed. They're marketed in such scammy ways. You know, three days only. We're only accepting ten people. Four thousand pounds off. It's all complete BS. Um, and I recently signed up for Skillshare as well. I I got a year of Skillshare, something like sixty bucks compared to these courses i mean our course is 500 pounds which wasn't crazy but in the industry these courses like are two three thousand pounds mm. um and when i got skillshare for 60 bucks i, I have already taken three courses on skillshare in like a month and a half and i'm like holy crap these are like well produced really well shot because uh, there's a standard with skillshare and like you know mkbhd the youtuber right yeah. i've taken one i took i took his course and i'm like this is fascinating right and it it, it hasn't cost me anything extra to take his course i've got access to like a plethora of courses it's crazy um and i and and all of these things kind of added up and made me realize you know i i don't think we should be in this if someone asked me like for example our current students right obviously we'll still help them if they have any questions we'll still support them as much as we can but it's bringing on new students but i would say the biggest 
and I don't know if I've told you this, but the biggest um, um, the reason, right? The biggest the the, the reason why we ch- I could change my mind, that shift in, in mentality, is because we took a course, or well, not a course, coaching, which cost us ten grand. Uh, I think I have told you this, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, the guy was like a scumbag, complete fake guru, completely screwed us over. Like I genuinely feel completely robbed from it. Um, and he has helped a few people, but we were buying into a one-on-one coaching to to you know help us with marketing. And what we got was a shitty, shitty recorded video in his basement on like his phone. You could barely see. It was dark. Audio was terrible. Um, he literally shot it in his basement, a couple of videos. And then once a week, his assistant would hold a live class. So we'd never actually speak to him. The whole thing was just so bad. So that's a bad product. I'm interested in like your product, you know, not that I've used it, isn't bad. I think it was great. I think and it was shot really well. Did you feel like in order for it to keep succeeding in that space, you had to start marketing it in a way that you weren't comfortable with? Because if you were, if you were able to keep it being successful, or at least to a certain degree, it doesn't require too much work for you. And you market it how you market it and you get... So I feel like part... So we started doing that, right? For the last three months, we got rid of... Because um, at first, I'll be honest, we were also a bit shit in the marketing because we were sucked into how to market. And I don't like that we did that. Um, but after, you know, we realized this is not right, we shouldn't market like this. Um, we started marketing uh, ethically. So ethical marketing, it's a thing, right? Um, it's where you don't have scarcity. It's where there's no fake timers. There's no fake prices. So we were marketing our course as many people as want to join as possible. It's not closing down. Well, I guess it has closed down, but at the time it wasn't closing down. It's this price and this is what it's worth. It's not like an 8,000 pound course discounted to 500 pounds. Like we started doing all of that, but then sales obviously started drying up a bit because it's weird to see, but... Well, that's what works. And you you sometimes see them, you know, I, I turned 1,000 pounds into 100 grand in, you know, six months and all I needed was this course. Like that's obviously bullshit. But that's what works. Yeah. And sometimes it's not bullshit, but what is bullshit is the fact that, like, so if I did that, right, I turned 10 grand into 100 grand in six months. Who cares that you did that? That doesn't mean this person taking your course is going to do that. Or it doesn't mean that you can teach other people how to do it. Exactly. And that's what people need to realize. Like, yes, I can say everything that I did, but that does not mean it's going to work for you. Like, there's so many elements at play here that I can't control. Like, same with, um, you know, working out and having a, a PT. When you go home, they don't know if you're stuffing your face. They don't know if you're doing the stretches every night and the exercise you have to do. So, and, and, and then you complain to them being like, why don't I have a six pack yet? Well, wh- what have you been doing? Like, so that's that. So, I mean, yeah. I, so the, 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 the getting, getting scammed and knowing what that felt like was a total shift in mentality because even though we, I feel like we had a good product, someone who took our course but didn't, you know, put the effort in or didn't really try or whatever inevitably would end up blaming us. And now we always gave people money back if they weren't happy. We didn't want to keep people's money. And that's what really annoyed me with this person. He was clearly very wealthy, right? He made millions and millions, what I thought, but he wouldn't refund us 10 grand, um, which is not a lot of money for someone like that. Mm. But then we started to think, or maybe he doesn't have, you know, a lot of money. Yeah. Like, who knows? Yeah. This is the thing. And I don't know, he... 
I, eventually I want to do like a tell all video on him, but I need to figure out if I'm allowed to. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, or I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily even worth it at this point. Like, why? Well, I just I don't enjoy... want other people to fall for his his tricks. Really, that's all. But people are going to anyway because just that's just the way it goes. You can't stop that just on your own, really. Um, that's partially why I enjoy doing this podcast because obviously your YouTube channel videos are ten to fifteen minutes long. There's loads of detail in them and they're really really good. But what isn't necessarily always in them is the mindset behind it or the process or how you deal with the day-to-day isn't always in those. And your success is great, but there's a lot more behind it than I use this tool, I use this product, I designed this well, and I'm quite good at X, right? That's all true. And, And two of the biggest things, and you might not agree, is luck, right? Um, which you cannot buy, um, and persistence. And mindset, which you also cannot buy. You can buy, a lot of people buy a course for a shortcut. But at the end of the day, you can buy a thousand courses, right? And if you don't have the mindset and the mentality to just keep going. We had a whole bunch of failed Amazon products. But it was the fact that we kept going during those failed. Now, with someone taking our course, can we rely on, if they have a failed product, will they just blame it on the course and give up? Or will they be like, no, 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 this is business. It's normal to have a failed product. Let's keep going. And try. And we've had students who have had failed products but then kept going and are doing really well. And we've had the opposite. So I, it was just about, I don't want I don't want anything out there which has, well, I mean, yeah, I can't control getting a bad name. But when there's something so easily controllable, right? And so what I've said is, in the future, I will just upload everything to YouTube and give it all for free. Because at the end of the day, the course wasn't about making money. It was that I enjoyed teaching. Um and I wanted other people to start a business because I like from this podcast, I hate the way um, the way we're taught in school. I hate the things that aren't taught. So I thought this is a, a good out for a lot of people. Um, and, and that's why I thought, you know what? An even better out for a lot of people is for free um, on YouTube. The only thing is one of the benefits of buying a course, and this will always be true, is when you put money in something, you, 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 you uh, treat it with a lot, not just you treat it more seriously. So if you put a thousand pounds in a course, you're going to work your ass off to make that thousand pound back. But if I give you a free course and we've done this, we've experimented with this so much, you'll watch a couple of videos and be like, oh, fuck it, I can't bother. This is too difficult. Yeah, because you've paid for it. You're more likely to do it. Yeah. So we, you know, you talk there about persistence and dealing with a, a setback, even if it's a small thing like you wanted to sell a product and it didn't do that well, you know, and then I'm sure there have been more. What's the, what goes on in your head? When it first happens, and that is like... When what first happens? When that, you know, that decision maker comes back to you with a no or the product doesn't do well. When that instantly happens, what happens in your brain? Uh, what happens in your mind? Um, well, you've got to th- think of solutions, obviously. So I'll give an example, right? We had a product. Um, there were socks, right? A whole range of socks. And by the way, if you want, this is a lot of our stock. <laughs> Genuinely, you can take do some. Do a sock giveaway. I could do a sock giveaway, actually. <laughs> We've got some really good socks, some compression socks for sports and everything. Anyways... Um, we had a, a range of products we were ordering from the UK, so not China. It was very easy. They would come in next day to our flat, right? The issue is because they were not from China, there was a lot of elements that we had to do. We had to label them ourselves. We had to put them in packaging ourselves. And it was very um, monotonous work and time-consuming and slow. And yes, we were making money from it, but then we started working out time versus money and all these elements. And we worked out that actually we're going to consider this a failed product because we're spending four hours a day packaging socks. Yes, we're making, you know, a couple of grand a month, 
but is that four hours spent well and then it was like should we employ someone to do it for us so we worked out all the costs and the elements and that's the big thing with amazon is the profit margin is not that high and especially on an item like socks where we sell them for 12 15 pounds amazon take you know 10 15 percent and then you've got packaging fees and then you've got just the cost of the product cost of time uh, um, cost of advertising lots of different things right so we were like we're making a couple of pounds on each item but then we've also got all of this time that we're spending on it this is a failed product now the difference between that kind of failure is that was a, a conscious decision we had to actually decide like because we were making money we were we were we were um giving up time for money which is just you know having a job basically so we were making money and it was working we just didn't want to give up our time we didn't want to be full-time sock packers right so then we so that was like a conscious decision that 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 took a lot more deciding whether or not it's worth or not on the flip side we've also had failed products where we've ordered you know a thousand 5,000 whatever items and all the mouth remember the mouth guards I do yeah if you want a box of mouth guards for your gym please nope. you hated them <laughs> fine fuck off um, um, no so for example the mouth guards right first they were great products you didn't like them but whatever they're great products for general use and they didn't do very well right they didn't sell they, they just tanked on Amazon but we ordered a whole bunch of them something like that it's not we don't even need to decide do we stop it do we not stop it we've ordered all these products they haven't got any sales. We've tried marketing them. They are not getting sales. It's We just stop stop them, right? We'll take them out of Amazon and maybe we'll try to sell them on eBay mm. or we'll donate them or we'll sell them in bulk to gyms or, you know, whatever on eBay. Like, it doesn't matter. But something like that, it doesn't, it's, it wasn't a very difficult decision. Like, you have really easy decisions um, and then really difficult decisions. But <coughs> what is that falling? The mess is it's attacking back. Um, so those are those are failures right one is where you've realized and decided this isn't working so you or you don't want to do it so you consider the product fail but you personally haven't necessarily failed you just decided not to do it yeah the other one is the product itself wasn't good enough for what you wanted it to do it didn't work yeah that's fine those are two failures that are almost either dictated internally which is fine that makes a lot of sense that's a decision or they're dictated by the market i'm more interested in where you've put time and effort into maybe an idea and you're excited about it and then another person says no or maybe that's not what the space you're in because it's youtube your audience right what do you mean another person says no so you, you pitch an idea and someone goes no nah, we're not doing that well the equivalent of that i don't really have that because i don't really answer to anyone yeah and maybe the, it's more your youtube audience just goes no nah, that's not a good video yes yeah, so the equivalent of that is if i think of what i think is an amazing video idea and if i had like a million subscribers i know it would do well but my audience is so, so niche. Um, it's very niche in print on demand. So like, I can have what I think is an awesome, awesome video idea. So like entertaining, so like informative, really interesting. Um, I spend like two days editing it, planning it, all of it. I upload it and it just tanks. And that is a depressing day for me. Like you do not want to be in the same flat as me. <laughs> it's just awful. And I'm just like, why? And it's obvious. Right. The reason is it's a great video, but it's like trying to sell meat to a vegan. Right. They don't want to watch that video. They are not there to watch that video. They never enjoyed that video. So uh, those videos work for some channels, for some people, if your audience is big enough and it's the right audience. So it's that kind of thing where it's just like a massive slap in the face. And I'm just like, fine, I will make this video then. And how that does that you say it's like it's a really depressing day. You don't want to be in the same flat, but obviously you get up 
I think it makes total sense when you've put so much effort and you're excited and it doesn't work out. It makes sense to have a moment of sadness, grief almost for the idea that you had. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then how do you get out of it? What, well, it's what pushes you out of it? Is it another person? Is it just an internal kind of, you've done it before, you know what you need to do? So it's what two things. It? Two things actually happen. It's really funny. When I have a failed video and like this week I had two, one of them is on like 400 views, really, really fail. Like, like the worst in a year and a half. And two things happen. First, I'm really upset and I'm just like, my business is failing. I, I need to stop YouTube. Everything is ending. I need to go and find a job. Start looking on Glassdoor, right? That's the <laughs> first uh, thing that happens in my mind. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. Yeah, literally. And then it's like, um, it's like, actually, I get like weirdly motivated. So I'm like, oh no, I need to actually come up with ideas that would work. So then I do a bit of research. I look at what's been working recently on my channel. And then out of the blue, I write like four or five scripts for videos that all do amazing. So it's, it's a really weird thing then I, because after a failed video, I, I kind of basically lie to myself thinking this video is going to do well. I know it's going to do well. And that only happens every couple of weeks because when a video tanks, I'm like, okay, who am I kidding? And then I go into video mode of videos that I know people will like. And then I make a whole bunch of amazing videos. And then I I'm on like a roll of like 10 good videos. I'm like... Oh, my videos are doing well. I'm going to try this again. And it's like, nope, slap <laughs> in the face. So it, it's interesting. but That is interesting. Like just where my head went there, it just how I feel about creativity and art is I feel like you should just create a separate channel called whatever where so you put those ideas. Because it sounds like you've got your main channel content, which you know it's it serves a purpose. Yeah. And it, to be fair, pays the bills, right? So you've got to keep doing it and you still enjoy that. It's not like you're, you're dragging yourself through. And I love it. it. I do love it. I love the business as well. It's well, such then you've a fun got business. your electric lifestyle, which is the tech, tech. channel, which, I, which is also like inspiring you at times. But then, like, what are what is what was that video that you just it didn't work, and you it needs a different space for it where you can just put your creativity into it. So that video was well, there was two, okay, and um, the first one was a website how to build your own personal branding website, which I thought would be it's a. It's at 723 views after three days. And to put that in perspective, three days... Um, what does a normally decent video do for okay, you so after three the, days? The um, video yesterday is on 2,000 views. Um, like, you know, between two and four, two and 5,000 views. So it's not done well. No. It, and the, the one after that's even worse. But so it was a video about building a personal branding website, which, and it was a step-by-step -step tutorial. And I thought that'd be really valuable because I'm talking about everyone, including like you, for example, someone who has a job who thinks, oh, I'm fine. I have a job. They should I have was a... just thinking I might watch that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, everyone should have a personal branding website, even if it's just a CV. When, when, uh, um, when a company is looking at different candidates, right? They, 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 everyone is basically the same now. They need to find things that stand out. And I know having a website in 2021 doesn't make you stand out, but to a lot of jobs it does and just having that little thing it makes sense and, and the biggest the biggest the biggest reason for that video was at the moment people are like and you're probably thinking i don't need a personal branding website i've got instagram i've got linkedin right that's my but and this is very true at a dinner table when you tell someone you have instagram they immediately think of something they immediately put you in a category when you say you have linkedin they put you in a separate when you say you have tiktok they put you in a category right there's all these kind of like is it the connotations the word there's all these like um Preconceptions. preconceptions right yeah that's the word preconceptions of who you are like if you tell me you have tiktok i'm gonna be like interesting mate you have tiktok but if you say to me i have my own website 
I have I can't put you in any category because I haven't seen that website and it could be anything, right? So I think it's such an interesting way of doing it. I agree with you. However, I agree with you. Like we'll get into more what we're supposed to be talking about. But just on this point, I agree with you. But if you're 23 or 22 and you've had two jobs, don't have a website, you have almost nothing to say. Like no, what are you talking I'm about? You can say so much. When we're recruiting, right? I'm looking at someone's LinkedIn mostly so if you're young and you're looking for your first maybe your second job look make sure your linkedin is good obviously obviously i'm not looking at your website because i'm i just don't feel like for the kind of jobs we're recruiting for for the sort of person we're looking for if they've got a website with a portfolio of amazing content they're probably more advanced than where we are so this is more what i'm saying if you're like properly first job you don't have a massive portfolio you don't have loads to say you don't have loads to put on it what do you need a website for? Good to have to kind of have as a thing you can update as you go. I'm not saying don't ever have one because I think that's I think you're 100% right. If we're maybe looking for more senior roles and they've got a portfolio website or they've got a blog website that looks good, looks professional, I'm thinking, okay, this person knows what they're doing, which is valuable. But at the very earlier stages in your career, which is kind of partially what's inspired a lot of this episode for me is I don't want to give too much details, but somebody I know just moved jobs because they got offered loads more money than the job they were in at the moment, but their experience level was really, really low. And my feeling was their experience level is so low, this job is going to have so much higher expectations and they probably won't meet it, Yeah. which is kind of like, I get why you're moving for money. That makes total sense. And I'm never going to begrudge anybody for moving for money. I would say that I would have done when I was their age, because of course you would. But now, with the hindsight that I have, I'm going to go experience every step of the way. If you're going to learn more somewhere, if you're going to get more experience somewhere, stay there even on less money. If you can, for a bit. Right. Don't just go for the big money just because it's big money. Like That comes with expectations. If you don't meet them, that's a kickback, a setback that, I don't know, some people might not be able to <laughs> deal with too well. No, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. And of course, you're more, um, you're more capable of actually saying it because you've employed people like you've looked at candidates the only thing i would say is i nowadays 2021 you can be 17 and have enough information to go on a website for example like i agree you can portfolio. be but most 17 uh, year olds absolutely should not because they don't no i know but i'm saying okay if so you're, if you're exceptional if you're looking it. at if candidates not, don't bother if you're looking at candidates right and you're looking at linkedin of course you're looking at instagram but then you also see a website and when you have a candidate you want to employ someone that's fun and you want to know a bit about them so even if they have a simple about me page um a, a, a photo reels page and then like a page of different charities they've worked for things they've done just like just basically linkedin but just on a website. So I'm saying you're describing LinkedIn and most of the time, if they had put the time and the effort into the website, I don't believe half the stuff people put on LinkedIn. Like it's just, it's the best version of what they've ever done. Like you, you watch or you read like these CV writer tips. It's like, did you serve customers? No, you like supplied information and like all this extra stuff that okay. you've done to a way to say you've, you know, you served someone. All right. Fine. Like that's cool. But it's like, I don't believe them because I just don't, when we're interviewing, when I'm looking to hire people, I'm like, I want to sit with them and ask them questions and they need to answer them and have something to say. But people lie in interviews too. You kind of have to employ fast yeah, and see what they're about yeah, and then see what So happens. that was that was that video. All right. The next video, which is even worse, is two days old, 498 views. And that video was, I, I really thought this would be a big video. That video was all about saving money um, and... Uh, with tax so if you have a company you're a limited company 
there are many ways you can actually save when you don't realize. So I was talking about how I save 70% of my income, um, which I thought would be interesting. Um, I talk about personal costs, work costs, survival costs. And then I talk about how, like, for example, with Corona, a lot of people working at home, they have limited company. A lot of the a proportion of their house costs can be written off right mm. and a lot of people don't know it and a lot of people don't know all the things you can write off and you can save thousands and thousands in tax just from things but accounting is boring and people <laughs> didn't want to watch it <laughs> like and then my next video top five niches print on demand yeah it's a great <laughs> that's your thing at the and moment. at the moment so this is what you were saying right why don't i have more channels and so i've got the tech channel i've got this channel which i think i'm going to deem a print on demand channel and this is where morris media has come from is i think i'm going to i think down the line i want to be a youtuber that has like five or ten channels and i think my next channel is going to be a a, a business channel talking about general business things a bit more broad not as niche as like print on demand and I'll just start that up from now. I mean, in five years' time, it could be on 10,000 subscribers or something. I know it's a, a slow growth, but it's, in, in a way, it's, I think of YouTube as kind of like online real estate, right? The mm. more videos you have, it's like each video is like a, a little bedroom in a flat, right? And, you know, a thousand videos is going to pay a lot more. And making a video is a lot easier than buying a, a, a house, right? So, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, just, just <laughs> a bit, right? Obviously, it, you can't even compare the two, but. You know, for example, okay, you know, let's use me as an example. I've got 300, 300 or so videos, 400 or so videos, and just from YouTube AdSense, right? So no sponsors, nothing, right? YouTube AdSense pays me about 2,000 a month at the moment, right? So you could say around three, 400 videos is the equivalent of, of renting out a three-bed flat in where, the area we live in, right? Mm. So all I've got to think about is, you know, let's do another 300 videos. I've now got two three-bed flats. It's weird, and I mean that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. I've never, I've never heard anybody describe it as that. I really like that. It's online real estate, basically, right? Um, that's a YouTube video for you, right there, for Morris Media Channel. <laughs> the Morris Media Channel. How much does confidence play into it? Because I know for me, you know, we had this situation, which I, I'm not going to, and probably can't go into too much detail, where we had the opportunity to do a really, really cool, really, really big project, which was like massively out of our wheelhouse but definitely within our capabilities and we put in time and effort into the ideation and planning it and thinking of the ideas and we came up with something really 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 good which i think irrespective of the people who made the decisions was a good idea um it just happens to be that the decision makers made the decisions they made i'm not going to go into my thoughts too much about them but um that was upsetting right we spent a couple months on it not like every Did day. Did you not pitch it to them beforehand, tell them what you were going to do? No, no, we had this whole long process and it just, in the end, didn't, didn't work out. out. Um, there's obviously more to it than that. But when that phone call comes in from, and it's like, the answer's no, you've got to pick yourself up again. You've yeah. got to just go, okay. Got to move on, quick. But that's where confidence comes in. And i just have this when it comes to this kind of thing this stupid level of confidence when it comes to ideas like that's not going to be the last good idea i have like i'll have another one tomorrow or in the next five minutes like because ideas for me just come all the time thick and fast i can't shut it off some of them are great and i can go hey i should play with that one a little bit more and some of them are cool but impossible some of them are like interesting 
but yeah, I don't know. I'm not worth so, putting my time into. Like, I've got a decent filing system in my head <laughs> when I It should be in your head, in. firstly. Like, it's not in my head, but when, when it happens, it has to be in your head. But you, you can't should, write down every single idea. You, you should ever bookmark have. every idea, um, shelve it, I should say. So if someone comes back to you and says, no, we can't do this, save it and do it when you don't have to answer to anyone, right? When it's your oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I still plan to do this. This is it's still on the cards or something I think is going to be really cool. So then it shouldn't be a confidence. I just need somebody else's money to do it. Right. <laughs> well, no, but wait until you can afford it yourself. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Five, ten years time. Get you get someone else's money. I don't know. That's yeah, a, but clearly no one wants days. to give you money. <laughs> uh, just one person who want to give me money. That's fine. doesn't mean there's not I'm curious what person. this idea is. You can't I'll tell you about it. I can't share, unfortunately. Okay. Um, But that's for me where confidence does come in. It's just... No, that's good. I've got a great boss. I've got great people I work with who don't make me feel awful that a thing hasn't worked out. Yeah. And a great parents who built that confidence into me and family and friends, etc. Um, that's fairly natural. But I'm kind of interested in, does that come naturally to you or has it had to be developed? I feel like it always has to be developed. Even if, even if it's... I don't think it's come naturally to anyone really because it's just the way they were taught and brought up. Okay, fine. I don't mean, does it come naturally or do you have to develop it? But I mean more... I think it. How much me, you have to work on it continuously, even at this stage in your well, I mean, reasonably young career. I think even now, I I lack confidence in certain things. Um, I feel like everyone will always lack confidence, but then for me, the biggest drive was people telling me it wouldn't work and it would fail, and I should go to university as a backup, and I should have all these backups, and you know, only then do I get like driven to be like no i'm gonna succeed kind of thing and then like even if something fails i'll be like no no no, i can't i can't prove them right let's just you know bounce on kind of thing it's it's funny it's when people are like oh you're doing that's so interesting that's so cool wow good for you you know i'm like shit right i've kind of i need to fail a bit <laughs> <laughs> do you do you need that that failure that negativity to drive you no i don't need that negativity it's a horrible thing to think any of the negativity to drive me but that i mean that's just okay what I'm, if I, that's the case i'm very used to it which is really sad to say but I've, I've i've had a lot of it growing up not from like parents but i've had a lot of it growing up from people um since i've become like an adult and i've made my own decisions and people can clearly see that the decisions i'm making aren't bad decisions it's happened a lot less like the, i don't remember the last time someone questioned what i do they may have said oh that's so interesting or that's so different but but it's been like a long time since someone said that's not going to work or you are not going to be able to afford that um people just don't seem to say that anymore and i think it's just because well i've if you if you've been proven wrong once you kind of don't want to get proven wrong again so in what, a way. Have you, what have you replaced that with if it used to be people doubting you or questioning or being negative pushed you on you go i can't prove them right i can't fail etc now that that isn't the case and you have succeeded and you are going to go where you wanted to go where you always wanted to go Hopefully, what yeah. what has replaced that what to boost the confidence no to drive you what what's replaced it well i mean a lot of people won't like this but i i'm very driven by money i like making money it makes sense i feel like money equals freedom and allows you to do what you want when you want. And yeah. actually, very interesting, a little segment. Chapter seven of uh, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Excellent book. I'm absolutely loving it, right? Chapter seven, freedom. It says the highest, and look, you don't have to agree with this, by the way. It's just someone's opinion. But either way, the highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up every morning and say, I can do whatever I want today. People want to become wealthier to make them happier. 
but happiness is a complicated subject because everyone's different. So I don't agree that money's going to make you happy. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but if there's a common denominator in happiness, a universal fuel of joy, is that people want to control their lives. And the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, for as long as you want, is priceless. And it's what well, it says, it's the highest dividend that money pays. So yes, money doesn't make you happy, but the idea that having money allows you to do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want, will make you happy, right? So in a way, money is a, a, a contributing factor to that. Um, there's plenty of rich people who are sad, of course, right? So it doesn't work for everyone. It's not like a, a statistic or something, but I just, I found that really interesting and I found that very relevant with me because I'm happy with or without money. However, having money takes away a huge amount of stress so it, it makes me happier. It makes me, you know, able to be like, today we're going to go to the beach. I don't know, right? And it's that sense of freedom, which I feel is ha makes me happy. So I think the sense of freedom is what really drives me, um, not necessarily making money. Um, and then also um, feedback drives me a lot, negative or positive. So on, a, on like nowadays, YouTube comments, right? Someone saying something negative could drive me to better myself right someone saying something positive could be like oh, i want to continue doing this it's having a positive impact so that makes a lot of sense i mean yeah. when it comes to freedom does that fuel your creativity no what uh, does then creative what, what makes you most creative i think i'm just very lucky that i i was born into a very creative family and i've always had my creativity nurtured really like from a young age i was into drawing and photos and video and music even and like in school I was never an academic person but I was always a creative person I did all the creative subjects um even you know even though the creative subjects don't necessarily have in a typical world a very bright future um usually you're dead when your art gets popular <laughs> I I don't know I think everyone in our family is is very creative it could be genes I guess like I I'm, I don't, I don't know the science behind it you don't feel like there's something external or even internal that sort of fuels that creativity a thing that happens or a moment or a, a yeah i go through a go, yeah. or a piece of music or a 100%. person you talk to those are all fuels yeah. for it when lord of the rings is playing on in the background i <laughs> i'm in my zone good old howard shaw yeah nothing like it um he knows what he's doing but honestly um you, you go through periods so i go through periods of time where i have what i call writer's block even though it's not really writer's block it's like whatever video block i don't know where i just physically can't do it i just my brain is switched off creatively but then i is go that normally tiredness like no i think it's doing too much uh, yeah i think it's not tiredness it's 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 saturation yeah so if i if i like plan 10 videos in a week and shoot all and, like, and everything I'll, I'll get to a point and be like, oh my God, what do I do now? Kind of thing. And then I'm like, what what do I do? Like, it's it, it, that's, that's kind of like my writer's block in a way. Like when you do too much and you just think, what's next? Um, but a lot of the time, I have this thing my family make a lot of fun of me of. Um, I call it In the Flow. Hmm. Um, it's actually a book, I think, In the Flow. Yeah, it's a whole concept yeah. that already exists. So <laughs> if um, my family asks something and I'm saying, I'm really sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm busy now. A long time ago, I once said I'm in the flow. 
<laughs> and now they're just like... It's just a weird thing to say. Are you in the flow now? Uh, uh, are you in the flow? <laughs> <laughs> I'd just, make fun of you if you said that out loud. It's because I was like in the flow of work and I was, everything was just working for me. I didn't want to stop and go out and do something. I just wanted to finish and just see how long, how far this took me. Um, so when that happens, that's the best. And to be honest, that happens like if Lauren comes in with like a new art piece, that's just incredible. It will motivate me mm. or like just things like that. seeing a lot of other people doing well motivates me as well. Um, so if you said, you know, a project that you're working on that that's doing really well, I'd be motivated. Be like, I, I also want to do really well. I, mm. I, can, I feel like I can do this. You know, you could do this. I can do this, you know, um, and that also motivates me a lot. For me, it's it's free time. So I just need time to sit and meditate. It's not really, it's a form of, I guess, meditation, but I don't actively call it that. If it's, I can be watching a TV show, a film, YouTube, reading a book, listening to a podcast, just something that relaxes a certain part of my brain to allow me to think creatively and come up with ideas. And then I consume a lot of, I hate the word, but I consume so much content. There's inspiration everywhere. You just change it's, content to information. Yeah, well, I guess it is information, but it's visual information, so I'd probably call it content. Oh, okay. Right? Like for most of what I do, I create strategy for Instagram. That's mostly what I do with my time. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram seeing what people are doing, companies, brands, organizations, individuals, what are they doing on social and how can I take it, adapt it, make it either better or different or take the concept and make it interesting, etc. for the people that I do things for. And that is really, really fun. I'm very excited now because I'm tired right and tiredness is a thing like ideas happen and i'm excited but the more tired i get my ability to activate those ideas into things decreases in quality and ability right so the more tired i am i don't not get ideas i just can't make them happen which is funny because you think about it if you took let's say every tuesday off work you drove up to like brighton or something sat on the beach right yes you'd have a day less work so you'd make less money but based on that day off a day of thinking, of mm -hmm. relaxation, of uh, thinking of new ideas, you could actually further your business and your career like tenfold I mean, just by taking uh, days yeah. off. I mean, I'm excited because I'm going away at the end of July for five days. It's going to be rubbish Wi-Fi, rubbish phone connection. I'm taking a camera and I'm just going to free create. I'm taking like big pieces of paper. It's I will be working, but that's not work to me. That's Excellent. letting that's stuff fun. out yeah. that hasn't had a, 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 like a brain dump. A brain dump, exactly. But, in a creative and productive way almost yeah but not necessarily so um but yeah i've been trying to manifest time to do those days off just to be creative and just do stuff which is it's just difficult and that's you know so that's another thing tough. that's another also and that's another reason why we closed our course because we had this time versus money mm. and um when i think of time versus money i don't just think of time i think of enjoyment right so the time has to be enjoyed so like you were saying you really enjoy certain aspects certain things how cool would it be if that's what you did all day for a living so we were working out the amount of time we were spent on our course um dealing with all the the problems not necessarily problems but like speaking to people and creating ads and creating the next sales pages and doing all these things right it was taking up a lot of time and it wasn't making as much money as let's say my youtube right where not only do i really love the time i spend on youtube it's also making more money so it seems like a no-brainer to focus more on that 
and then the more you focus on that you kind of forget about the other thing and then you realize so that's why it wasn't it wasn't such a difficult decision it's sad because i no longer have businesses with my brother and we're not working together anymore but after our last meeting we literally said to each other should we go cinema like as brothers Brothers, yeah and i was like wow it's been five years since we said that um that's so interesting to me because you've spoken a few times about how you've never had an issue with working with family but they're still your business partner they're they're almost in some way not family anymore yeah a lot of time whenever we would meet we would talk about work it would usually be and then we would talk about other stuff as well but like work would always be underlying Mm. um but now it's like if we talk about work it'll be like what are you doing you know what's good what's working for you oh you should try this and like it's different now we can like brainstorm off each other like and give yeah. each other ideas rather than like what should we do next or what should we do now um and i don't know like I, I, time versus money played a big part in this because like with youtube right one big video can earn the same as an entire month on um selling you know a whole bunch of courses and it's free information i will feel a lot better about it it feels more ethical right people are watching it they don't have like there's no money here like it's it it's just it's different right it's very very different um so what's uh, next what's happening next we've got morris media i really okay so i haven't actually told Lauren about this yet um (laughs) but i really want to do this thing called morris media um as like an umbrella company to to kind of be the hub of all social media instagram tiktok linkedin my blog my website youtube channels um maybe even companies down the line i would love i would love to do some sort of um um like package thing where where people get like a, a set like a youtube set to start their youtube businesses or like things like, like i assume like offers like different kind of things to offer like i will come in and set up your studio like i would love that it wouldn't make very much money but setting up people like studios for a living, backdrops, all these different things, cameras and lights and all that, I'd absolutely love it. It'd just be such fun. It does have a lot of fun. And I think I've got your first customer. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> like You see how I've changed my set maybe 20 times in the space yes. of having my YouTube channel. I've noticed. Right. And for someone with my number of followers, you don't do that. You just stick to something. Um, but I just love trying new things out. So I don't know. For me, what's next is a couple more YouTube channels. This podcast. So this podcast would be under the Morris Media thing. 100%. Is it Yes, <laughs> very much so. You're just taking something that we share and just taking it. All well, you'll be yourself. part of Morris Media, won't you? <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's that. And then that's also, good to know. Thanks, man, for letting me know that you're just taking this idea. Oh, shut up! It, it was my idea at the beginning, anyways. <laughs> uh, but no, so what else? So, so that's YouTube stuff. But I think it's very important. And on average, I think it's um, millionaires on average have seven sources of income, right? I think I think that's the um, decent. I think that's a fact, actually. They also got to be good sources of income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got three. I'm I'm nearly halfway there. So I'm trying to make more. What are your three at the moment? Oh yeah, you got teaching. Two uh, types of teaching and um, wh- right. So for me, I have a whole bunch. I've got I don't know how many I've got, but most of them all relate to one major one, which is mm. YouTube, right? Like affiliate marketing is based around YouTube sponsorships. Um, all these kind of things right a lot so for me i still really consider that one because if youtube fails everything goes but if sponsorship fails i still have youtube so for me i want to my aim now is to have you know trying to get to that seven sources of good income through property youtube affiliate marketing and various other things like i still want to sell products i want to um not invent but i want to come up with my own different products maybe drop ship stuff um and then i also want to um i want to really go deeper into print on demand 
So a lot of my YouTube is based on print on demand. I do print on demand, um, but I want to double down on it. I want to really blow up print on demand um, because people love the topic. And if I can find new ways to be successful with it, um, ways that other people aren't, I can teach it and then tell other people on how to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of ways to do that. And uh, and yeah, you obviously got the podcast, which be a big deal down the line. Well, I also want to do my own. I started planning it properly yesterday. What, you're in podcast? Uh-huh. About what? Just just me. Pe- preach it. Go on, sell it. Just me talking to people I want to talk to about what interests me about them. That's it. About what? N- what interests me about them. So that I would know and encounter so many people mm. who have interesting stories, and that's really everybody. Um, it's like a Joe Rogan kind of style. Basically, yeah. Just me talking to people nice. I find interesting. Oh, well, you'd be a great host, so you should try it. <laughs> I will happily come on as a guest if you and want. you can come on my podcast inst- coming, instead of coming as a guest on your own podcast exactly wait so <laughs> you'd interview people and like get their story basically like what Joe Rogan does yeah I think I would probably put it around just because of who I am and what I'm interested in culture community and faith so not everybody has to talk about all those three things but, but kind of those are the three things I'm most interested in okay and also makes it more niche um, which is good in a way yeah it's not just an interview podcast with anybody like i want to talk about specific right so joe rogan's literally anybody well there are specific things that interest me and it's mostly culture community and, and faith right basically That's cool and there's obviously more than that but so i probably won't be very helpful culture oh you're part of culture uh, culture is the catch-all term for nearly everything yeah I was gonna so say. like that's partially why i'm using it but um so that is something that will hopefully be in existence in the next two or three months nice like soon is this the idea that everyone said no to <laughs> no 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 this is what I, did. I, I like that that's really cool all right well so is that why you want a camera and and uh, no the camera is because i want to get into photography all right okay um, well it. i've got your brother's photography books it's still in the shed i can give them back to you <laughs> to give to him um so yeah things are happening cool. and, and what excites me is it's just i'm feeling very optimistic at the moment which is great well, you should and, be that, and that's the thing that fuels my creativity is when i'm feeling good I'm feeling creative. And then aside from that, it's all good. Um, but I think we will pause there. There's a whole chapter on optimism in here and pessimism. <laughs> Honestly, mate. What's the book again? The Psychology of Money by? By Morgan Hauser. It was like £10. Buy it. I would lend it to you, but I read this over and over. I just bought seven books to read while I'm away. We'll so. read this one first. It's really easy. You can read it in literally a couple of hours. It's, it's, it's like short chapters, a couple of page chapters, um, but brilliant. And um, and yeah, that was really good. I really liked that. It was a good update. Cool. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Have a, a wonderful week. We will catch you later. If you're listening on iTunes, by the way, please, please, please leave a review. It a massively helps one. us. Yeah, obviously a five-star one. If you don't want to leave a five-star, then don't bother. I'm <laughs> kidding. But um, it really helps us. It helps this podcast get more views. And maybe we could be the number one entrepreneurship business podcast in, in Ukraine. the UK. <laughs> no, not UK. The UK. Nah, d- d- We're getting up there with Ukraine. Ukraine loves us. They do, but maybe not after yesterday's game. They won't. That's true. Um, <laughs> but come on, England. Either way, anyway, it's coming home. Um, yeah, thank you so much for watching. Uh, and hopefully, and, and also if you're on iTunes, you can leave a comment saying just check it in. Um, and maybe even if you have a really cool story or anything, let us know. Maybe we'll have you on. Follow us on Instagram at the YDB podcast. Um, give us a like. We can tell them to a lot of things. Yeah, but they're, they're What's can, the most they important thing? It. What's the most important? A review. A review and then follow us on Instagram. And no, no, DM just the one most important thing. I follow think us on Instagram. Are you mad? <laughs> I'm joking.
You just love Instagram. No, I just did that to annoy you specifically. (laughs) I knew what your reaction would be. All right, let's finish. Yes. That's the end. Thank Thank you you so much. See you soon. Auf Wiedersehen. Au revoir. Goodbye.